everyone, and welcome to episode number 30 of the podcast. It has been a real joy bringing these conversations to you, and I look forward to many more. On this episode, my guest is Mr. Kino Alvarez. Kino Alvarez has been an audio engineer for the last nine years, and he comes with an immense deal of working knowledge relating to sound design, lighting design, and audio engineering. The majority of his experience comes from working at Queen's Hall as an audio technician, which afforded him the opportunity to hone his skills in live and theater entertainment settings. He has also freelanced as an audio engineer for numerous organizations, the Lydian Singers, Fellum Godard and The Roots, We Love Beats Studios, Network Rhythm Rapso Band, Lalo Sound Systems and Digital Studio Sounds Solutions, to name a few. In addition to this, he is the in-house sound designer, audio engineer, for the International School of Port of Spain. Kino also functions as the managing director of Tech Design 360 Limited, a group of young, innovative designers and engineers who specialize in different facets of scenery, lighting, and sound design, with their main goal being to bridge the gap between upcoming industry technicians and the wider public as it relates to their field. His passion for entertainment production has seen him function not only in the sound engineering arena, but also as a lighting designer, scenery designer, technical director, and production manager. His ability to teach, inspire, and lead others, together with his dynamic creative process, has allowed for numerous successful ventures and projects thus far on his journey to the top. Kino is currently pursuing his Bachelor's of Fine Arts at the University of Trinidad and Tobago in Theater Design and Production and is a holder of a Certificate in Technical Theater specializing in Sound and Light Design as well as Stage and Production Management. He also has additional certification in Pan Tuning, Music Theory, and Sound Engineering, both live and studio recording, from the University of the West Indies. Kino's clientele spans many cultures, genres, and entertainment circles both in the local and regional area. From internationally recognized headliner events to the many different showcases of traditional and cultural art forms of Trinidad and Tobago, Kino has been consistent in his work and is surely on his way to building a legacy of excellence. Without further ado, Mr. Kino Alvarez. So, yes. here we are again, yes. uh, another fresh new episode of the podcast. And joining me today is Mr. Kino Alvarez, or as he likes to be known as... The one and only. The one and only. The one and only. Kino Alvarez. Yes. Uh, how are you today? Um, I'm very well rested. Good. I came from Toko. You know, the weekend in Toko. Uh-huh. All the way on the eastern side of the yes. island. Yes. Yes, Excellent. Yes, Much yes. needed rest. Mm -hmm. Well, then good. Then this should, this, you should, this should be fresh, new ideas, all sorts of, of good course, stuff. Of course, of course, of um, course. So to let everybody know, um, Kino is a, finishing up his third year yeah. here at uh, UTT. And his, uh, his main focus right now is? Sound. Sound. Uh, well, lights and sound, but mainly on sound. 
mainly yeah, sound yeah, and so, yeah. And uh, uh, how is uh, how has it been going? And uh, how are you doing right now? Um. Well, the sound it is not it's, it has been coming natural to me. You know that side that aspect of the course. Um. I would really like to do a little more in terms of design, like lighting design and stuff. Mm-hmm. But I know I will. I do. I will need to rush it because I'm still in school. And the opportunities will arise, regardless of whether I'm in school or not. Eventually, they will come up. So, I mean, I'm just taking it one step at a time. Mm-hmm. You know, taking on my projects and assignments one step at a time. Right? And sometimes, as, as best as possible, I try to apply the stuff that I learned in school mm-hmm. in the wider world mm-hmm. as best as I can. Mm-hmm. And so far, it has been working out pretty decent for me. Okay. Yeah. Now you're uh, you're originally from Trinidad. Yes, yes. yes. Okay, and uh, uh, now did you uh, did you know about this? Uh, how did you learn about the, the the program here at the school? Actually, um, so one of the lecturers, Carrie Ann Chandler, uh-huh. she has been a good friend of mine from for the like the last ten plus years. Okay. Uh, we played pan together, and we used to work at the same studio. And when she did her internship at Queens Oil. I was working at the same time. Okay. So, you know, we just knew each other for a long time. And the year when I left Queen's Oil to start my own thing mm-hmm. in 2016, you know, Kerry was like, it'll be a good idea to sign up for the... She wanted me to do the music tech program. Okay. Right? She was like, it'll be a good idea to sign up for the music tech program. But um, when I did the interview, the entrance interview... Um, Paulette advised that, you know, because of the experience you already have, maybe it'll be a better, it'll be a better option to do the, the, the degree, mm-hmm. right? So, and after weighing the options, you know, I was like, you know, maybe it might be better if I do the degree. So that's how I kind of ended up in the, in the um, bachelor degree program doing TDP. So the you said that uh, you've known Carrie for about 10 years playing yeah. music and, and, and uh, doing music and things like that. Um, you're one of the, the few students that also runs his own business, yes? Yeah, correct. And what, uh, what exactly is your, is your business? Um, so I do consultancy mainly, right? Consultancy in the areas of light and design, song design, and stage, stage design, scenery design, right? Okay. So what happened is a lot of my clients, they would um, yes, they may have someone to build this build a set for them, right. but to say someone to actually design it in a way so that it can be printed and shared among people and stuff. I didn't they didn't really have much people doing that at the time, right? Um, and then in terms of lighting, you know, just being able being having coming from the theater background. You know, my concept of lighting is very different to what I would consider party lighting. Sure. Which is what we have a lot of in the, in, in the current industry. We have plenty of people who do party type lighting and stuff. Right. A lot of flashy. Yeah. A lot of... But to say, you know, trying to capture moods of every line, every word. And, you know, just trying to capture that. We don't have more people who do that in the, wide, in the wider scheme of things. We have people who do it in their little circles. Right. Right. But to say people doing it taking that knowledge from theater and applying it to mm-hmm. the live industry, so to say. 
you don't have much people doing that. So that's the where the lighting comes in. And then with song is I mean I know I have a lot of connections mm-hmm. and that network the network that I have built so far, it has allowed me to kind of know people and know things and know how to get things done, sure. you know. So that's where the consultancy comes in because I kind of know per job, the best people who will have the specific type of equipment needed or the crew necessary for that particular job. So, so this, this whole venture of, of a business... Um, started obviously before you got involved in school, Correct. but um, what uh, what was what eventually got you interested in just the sound in general? Did you did you someone show you a program? Did you go to a, 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 a so sound in general? Okay, so my whole entry into this side of the industry, uh-huh. um, it began when I when I started to play music. Okay. Right. So I started to play pan, and then I eventually learned to read music. Okay. Right. So I have up to grade four theory, so I can read music. Mm-hmm. And after school, when I finished secondary school and everything, I was thinking, you know what? Maybe I should try to find a way to fuse something with music with what I'm already doing. Okay. So eventually, I started off into editing, just doing basic editing little mixtapes and stuff, editing stuff. And eventually, I went into the live side of things. Okay. And then I got lucky that I got a job at Queen's Hall, you know. And the eight years that I spent there is is really what kind of cemented all the knowledge that I currently have. So I jumped into it from the song side like that, you know. I just, from playing music to just being behind the scenes and everything. And then after that, I did a certificate course in UE. Okay. Right? And that kind of sparked the interest in terms of, you know, maybe you should go into senior design as well and go into a little bit of lighting design. Okay. Would hurt, you know, to get that experience. So that, that, that was like the trajectory so far to this point. Your, what, uh, what was your exposure when you said something that gets me into lighting design or, or scenic design? Now, people define those particular fields very differently. True. Um, and I'm curious to know is how did you what 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 was lighting design to you? I mean, you said you didn't want to do party lighting, right? But but what was your exposure to 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 that? Was it because of the shows you saw at Queens Hall? Or? Right. So definitely because of so the shows that I saw at Queens Hall definitely sparked my interest. Okay. But a lot of my close friends and colleagues mm-hmm. happen to be working in the same area and field as well. So I have. Lighting designers who are friends, who are my good friends. You sure. Know? So usually, you know, sometimes they tag along to different shows because as a friend, you'll just go with them yeah. just to keep the company. And eventually, you see, wow, you know, you see someone do a sequence, a lighting sequence, and it's like, whoa, this looks crazy. And then you see the kind of effort, mm-hmm. you know, that goes into making this one 10 second sequence. And you know, it's like, whoa, this is something that's really cool, and I want to dabble in it a little more. So yeah, so and all of that is what kind of helped me to propelled me to jump into school, jump back into school. Okay. You know, so I, I could get some kind of formal education in that. Okay. Yeah, because for a, for a long time it was you learned as you went along. Correct. A lot of a lot of folks were they apprenticed under someone. Or they got involved with a company that did uh, 
as, as, as you mentioned, parties or events or things like that. And they, they learned that way. Um, uh, how, how did you find your skill in sound um, uh, help you with uh, your, your approach to lighting? Wow. Okay, so this, this, this is actually funny because Robin, Robin the mom shop, mm-hmm. right? Because I become I do most of my lighting with a client that he works with as well. Okay. Right. So whenever we work on shows together, I will always be the lighting person. Mm-hmm. Robin will always be the song person, and you'll always you know just be having a rapport during the show and everything. And he was actually the one who drew the connection for me in terms of m- m- my understanding of music mm-hmm. and understanding of music production this is like that is my approach in lighting so like if the if the song grows like and i i light via lines the line in the song mm-hmm. you know the parts of the song verse chorus blah, blah, blah. you know so the, the, as the song builds i build my design like that okay so you know if it gets more intense i'll look for some more some deeper colors and you know, it's just more saturated looks and everything. Sure. If the song is a majestic piece of the song, mm-hmm. you know, I try to bring up more whites and make it just kind of white and in your face all right. over the place, you know, kind of vibes. So I think in terms of lighting, my formula is I like to know the song. Okay. I like to be able to say, okay, this is how the song is supposed to sound. Mm-hmm. And then I close my eyes and I say, like, okay, what colors can I use? You know, what patterns can I use? Do I need to have any movement at all? Mm-hmm. Can I just have a static gobo? Can I just have a backlight alone for the entire song? Sure. You know, so this is how I approach it. It's not, I want to say it's second nature to me, mm-hmm. but my approach is, or my perspective is really from always trying to connect the audio mm-hmm. and the visual at all times. Okay. The, uh, it's interesting because having spoken to uh, two of the other students here, um, uh, Salima West and, and Alra Harriet, now they, they do different, different things. But uh, when you ask them about you know, what motivates them or their approach, um, some of it's, you know, it, it wouldn't be something that I would have thought of uh, uh, for me because my, mine was always... Uh, if I like it, you know, it, how I connect to it. Right. Um, yeah. I don't necessarily say, well, this is the color I want or this is the instrument I want or things like that. I just go, how does it make me feel? Right, right. Um, uh, you know, there's, there's, there's a lot of, there's, the, there's either people who are very, very technical and they know all the doodads and the gadgets and, and things like that. And then there's people on the, the other end who are very artistically inclined, but maybe not necessarily they know you know, how this light instrument works versus how this light board works and right, this, things right, like that. Right. Where, where do you find yourself? Are you somewhere in the middle or do you find yourself more artistic um, or do you find yourself more kind of like a, a nuts and bolts kind of person? Definitely. I am, I want to say when it comes to lighting, mm-hmm. I am more on the artistic side because it's not a interest of mine to particularly learn the different consoles and everything. Like that is not my passion. Right. In terms of lighting, you know, I, I prefer to have a programmer there. So, like, in my mind, I'm thinking, okay, let the programmer just do all the clicky clackies. Mm-hmm. I'm just going to be the one spewing out ideas. Say, mm-hmm. let's try this. 
Let, give me this color. Give me it. No. Give mm-hmm. me it. No. When the chorus comes in, change the color. Change the pattern. Change the go-go. Okay. But, so that, that is where I see myself in terms of the spectrum. More on the creative side. Mm-hmm. You know, because it's now, when I'm in the song, mm-hmm. it's definitely 80% more technical. Okay. As opposed to being creative. You know, okay. because usually they say once it sounds good, it sounds good. You know, you don't have to... People, yes, some people may recognize the little nuances you're trying to, and to make something sound perfect or whatever. Right. But generally, once there's no feedback, once it's, people can hear it, once mm-hmm. it's not too loud, they, you do a good job in terms of sound. Mm-hmm. Lighting, however, there's so much more areas where you can impact the audience mm-hmm. because once the person is seen... The rest of the stage is just your canvas to put your feelings into. Mm-hmm. And it lighting is a lot more forgiving that in that regard. Okay. You know, you can you can you can just have a follow spot on one person and you can do whatever you want with the rest of the stage. Okay. You know, with within reason, obviously. But on with song you can't do that. Mm-hmm. Everybody has to be heard at all times and you know, so I definitely see myself on the artistic side, the creative side of lighting, mm-hmm. you know, and I'm very comfortable there. I, I don't necessarily want to be a programmer. I don't need to know all the consoles now. Nah. Right. I, can, I can get a programmer to do that. There are people, that is their passion, just being behind the console and programming. But in terms of the creative side of things, they'll, see, they'll start to struggle. They'll be like, mm. I don't know what color to use. I don't know which pattern to use. I don't know how to apply this light to make mm. it look a certain way. So, so that's interesting that you say, you know, I don't know what color to use or I don't know what pattern to use because I know from a, at least a teaching perspective, um, I, I don't want to say, I don't know exactly what I was taught. It was more of um, how does it function? How does it work? Does it fit within the environment? Um, and I have found that over time, uh, I don't necessarily agree with with you know any particularly set standard rules. Now being a teacher, it's kind of like I have to give some sort of grounding for a place to start. Right. Where do you find your place to start when you want to want you you want to start to get into your creative ideas? What is your um, creative well that you 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 pull from? Okay, so generally, so I can I think I have a a specific, I don't want to say it's a specific approach, but I have a general train of thought okay. when, it, when I approach lighting and everything, you know. So I start with, obviously, what the genre of the song, right? Is it a reggae song? Mm-hmm. Is it a jazz song? It's a soca song, you know? And that, will, that is what will set the general base for the way how everything is done. For the rest mm-hmm. of the performance or for the rest of the song, that particular set. So, you know, so I start off with knowing what genre it is. And then I ask myself, okay, what colors can I associate with this genre? You know? And knowing that, then you can say, okay, you look at the stage, you have your, your front light, mm-hmm. if you have any washes in the front or whatever, if you have anything overhead, if you have anything in the back, you know, just for pizzazz or whatever. And you just do it like in layers, like I, I always approach it in layers, you know, so if the back is one color, then the overhead should be another color. 
Give me the beams in another color. Mm -hmm. Give me patterns in another color. Make sure they're all working together because I always have a color wheel up on my phone. And I always keep it handy in case I need to pull something quickly. Mm -hmm. You know, so I approach it like that. I color first and then I say, okay, does the song need movement? Mm -hmm. Does the song require color changes? Can I keep the same basic look for the whole song or do I want to change between chorus and verse? Or when the verse changes, do I want to make stuff move? Do I want to have some kind of effect going on? And that, and I'm always, I'm always trying to change the mood of mm -hmm. the lighting to suit the song. Okay. You know, and I must say that I'm not afraid to be bold. I'm I'm not afraid to be bold about it. Mm -hmm. You know, like I once did a song they was doing um Hotel California. Mm -hmm. It was a jazz show. And the part where the guitarist was the guitar solo was coming up. Mm -hmm. And it just so happened that the guitarist went to I spiked a center spot, right? For any performers and anything. And it just happened that he went to that spot. And what I did, I just gave him a back beam. And we had fog and everything. And I no other lights, mm -hmm. no other colors, just white beam. So you, you wasn't make, you wasn't seeing the, you wasn't seeing his face. Clefney wasn't seeing his face, mm -hmm. but they acknowledged that the solo was a powerful part of the song, mm -hmm. you know. And then sometimes I flash some red, just watch the season red, pow, you know, just to kind of emphasize. Okay, it's Hotel California. It's a powerful song to some people. You know, so this look is the best way that I can think about being different, mm -hmm. but still maintaining a certain level of theatricality, if that is a word. It is. You know, <laughs> just maintaining darkness. So it wouldn't look boring. You don't want the audience, I don't want the audience to ever be bored. Okay. You know, I always want them to say, wow. You know, and if, if it's a song where the audience is singing, Bring the beams up in the audience. So now they feel as if they become a part of the song itself. Mm -hmm. You know? And that, I mean that that's how I that's how I usually do it. I usually just I have my general my general rule book. Say so, okay, colours, do I need movement? Mm -hmm. Do I need patterns? And then from there, then I'll go into the intricacies of the song. What is the song about exactly? This is a reggae song, but is it a reggae song that sings about love? Mm -hmm. Is it a reggae song that sings about unity? Is it a reggae song that sings about power? You know, is it a reggae song that sings about struggle? Mm -hmm. You know, so you, you kind of figure out, okay, the approach will be just the, just the nuances, just the nuances, the little nuances, once, it, once I have covered all the bases that I think are important, mm -hmm. you know, color, pattern, you know, um, contrast and everything. Once I cover those bases, mm -hmm. I mean, I, I do, I take steps, you know. What, uh, uh, for, 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 so you have your, your, your what you, uh, you consider your, your, your rule book or your guidelines that you, you start from. What, what do you find is frustrating about the process though, when it comes to working, because one of the things that happens here, at least, or I've experienced, is everything's very last minute. Yeah, that's true. Everything's a rush. Um, and I, I, 
I always like having as much time as I can. Right. Um, right. With uh, what? How do you face, or how do you how do you deal with uh, some of those those frustrations that 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 come along? Right. So um, I was fortunate fortunate enough to pick up a few tricks from um, this this guy. He does lighting for um, John Legend. Okay. And well, now he's doing a chronics, doing lighting for chronics as well. Okay. Right? His name is Johnny Costa. He's a Jamaican guy. Okay. Right. And he happened to be well. He is Benty's friend, which is one of my good friends. Mm-hmm. And so just having that connection, there being him and I end up being becoming friends as well. Mm-hmm. And you know, he just like I, I asked him, I was like, when you're touring, and sometimes you're going not all the times you'll be carrying your own rig sometimes you're going into somewhere that already has a set rig right how do you maintain a consistent look from show to show and he was like you know just keep it basic positions build if you have beams or washes build about six or seven positions you know straight down mm-hmm. straight down at a angle split okay. out split out in the audience split out overhead you know, just have some um, positions and have some looks. Build some basic looks in terms of you want red in the back, you want blue in the, on the top, you want some washes in front. You know, so just you just kind of... And anyone can do that. Anyone could build some basic positions. And then, even, and usually what he does, he, put them, he puts them in like in queues. Mm-hmm. So you'll say, okay, go to Q1. So we know Q1 is this position. Mm-hmm. And then on Q1 now, we will build as going along. Mm-hmm. Give me some color here. Give me this color here. Give me that color there. Right? And usually the frustrating thing is when you, when you meet someone, when you meet a programmer who doesn't necessarily understand the approach that you are trying to take. Mm-hmm. Because they might already have their ideas of, okay, he building beams and what he going to do next. Mm-hmm. You know, and sometimes it's hard to say, no, no, no. I, I don't necessarily want it like that. Mm-hmm. I need it to be a little more subtle. I need, I need it to be done this way so that in the case I want to make this particular change, mm-hmm. I can do it and it will not look out of place. Okay. You know, and that is, that is, that is, the, first, that is the most frustrating thing. Just working with people who they don't understand the approach that you're, you're, you're attempting to take. So, so if you could, if you could, uh, if you had all the money in the world, you'd hire someone and train them to be yeah. your type of programmer. Yeah, to be a programmer. That, yeah, that I could. That would be we will flow. It will mm-hmm. flow easier, and it will things will happen where he he will probably already know after a while. He will know my style. He will know. Okay, this is how he may want this. Mm-hmm. You know, this is how you want that. You know, because one thing I learned um, from well, a former teacher here, Benny, mm-hmm. right, is he always, he always used to say the transitions are what makes your cues. Mm-hmm. You know, not necessarily, yes, the look is okay, but how do you get to that point and how do you move from that point to another point? You know, and that is what kind of makes or breaks the, the quality of the design. Mm-hmm. You know, because anybody could build a look. Right. But what is your approach to building look? Is it that you're building the look in layers? Are you going to start with the beams first? Are you going to start with the backwash first? Mm-hmm. W- what is your approach to building that look? And worse yet, if you're doing it on the fly, how are you going to do it on the fly 
in such a way so that it does not look jerky or janky. It doesn't look like if you figure, you know, trying to figure out what's going on. How can you do that? How can you accomplish that? Mm-hmm. But still maintain the look of layering. Mm-hmm. Start off one place, you add something else, you add something else, you add something else mm-hmm. until you get to the final or finished product that you envision. And then you go to the next one. Mm-hmm. And then it's the same process. You layer, you layer, you layer, you layer again. So, yeah. I, I find, I, I agree with the idea that uh, transitions are a real essential getting the flow of a, of, of a show. I think I would add to that timing because yeah. sure I can get from point A to point B, but as I have to understand the, the, the way that I'm not leaving the audience too long. I'm not leaving the audience, not enough information or, or just it, it, what, it, something that's too distracting or things like that. Um, I don't know if I'm describing that real well, but I've always find that it's like telling a joke. Because right. you, can, you can tell a joke a hundred times, and until you, you get the timing right, it doesn't land quite right. Because right. you're like, nobody laughs. It's kind of like me Correct. sometimes Correct. when I tell jokes and you go, nope, that's strike three. Yeah, yeah. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. That, that didn't work. You, you might want to try it tomorrow. Yeah. Um, yeah. The so since since you've been participating in the in the in the program here, mm-hmm. um, what have you felt has evolved in your uh, understanding or your approach to to what lighting and or sound is or just in general? Um, in terms of lighting, I can definitely see now that sometimes less is more mm-hmm. and just because I may have a hundred fixtures mm-hmm. that doesn't need to be reflected on the stage mm-hmm. you understand I could have a hundred fixtures but I have one spot and I can get the best emphasis on whatever I'm trying to do you know mm-hmm. you know so just just being able to understand the functions of the instruments that you're using as well as being sensitive to the fact that the audience are always in for a, in, in for a surprise. Mm-hmm. You understand what I'm saying? They're not expecting you to have beams flashing all over the place. They mm-hmm. don't know what to expect. So you now have the freedom as a designer to say, you know what? Let me take a a different approach hmm. let me not yes I can use all that I have at my disposal but let me see how it will work if I think opposite way how can I achieve this with the least with the min- most minimal equipment as possible and when I do that now you know how you now open up the whole stage or open up the the show so that you can have different effects happening. Mm-hmm. You, you know, why in a library? Because you can now use 10% every song. So now that means that every different song, if you have 10 songs, every song will look different. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and, not just, and it wouldn't just be color, it would be 
positioning and everything, it mm-hmm. will look different and it will have a different impact, you know? So I think that is like the most important thing that I learned coming from it. I mean, apart from being able to use the color wheel, mm-hmm. being able to understand, you know, the different functions of lighting, you know, and like the elements of design and stuff, you know, um, and, and, and as well as, I must say, being able to design knowing that lighting is just one part of it. You know, you still have song mm-hmm. to consider and you still have scenery to consider. And being able to design lights or scenes or song in such a way so that you can tell that the other elements were being considered within the process, mm-hmm. you know, and allowing that space for someone else to interact and mesh with your design, mm-hmm. you know, so now we, the scene could work together, scenery could work, scenery could work together with lights, and that would be an element on itself, so you build on that, and then the song comes in, it just add it in, and it just, it just works, it just works, that I've, I've learned a lot about that in in put in particular in this program, mm-hmm. I must say. What's uh what would you consider your uh ideal dreamy dream gig that you would wanna wanna do someday? You know, definitely I, I wanna go on tour. Like as a musician that is always like I guess that is always like the pinnacle mm-hmm. for some people of being a performer. Mm-hmm. Just being able to go to different places and executing your craft knowing that you touch you are touching people along the way mm-hmm. and you're gaining momentum and fans and friends and you're building a network sure and I, I i really would love to go on tour because i've done the i mean i've done eight years at queen's hall so like just doing that at uh-huh. that young age I don't want to do it again. <laughs> no. I've you, been you, there, done that. You've invented yeah, that wheel. It's yeah, done. Yeah, so, I wanna, yeah. so you want you want to be Mr. Worldwide. Yeah, I want to go on tour, you know. Um, if, if, uh, if, uh, now, there are a lot of people that listen to this. And so if there was a, a genre or artist that you'd like to, to hit, you, hit your ride with, right. uh, who do you think? Just off the top of your head right now. Boy, definitely. I love Maroon 5. Maroon 5? Yeah, I love pop music. Oh, wow. Yeah, I love pop music because I think it's limitless in its portrayal. Okay. You know, whereas rap is rap. Yeah. Soca is soca. Reggae is reggae. Pop could be anything or any fusion of those things and okay. it will still be considered pop. Okay. You know, so I think that the span or the reach of the music is a lot wider okay. than general... I don't want to say basic, but individual genres. Okay. You know, so I really want to do pop. I really want to tour. Okay. With a pop band, that's like my dream right there. I'll uh, be happy. Oh, you, know? you, you you light up when you say it. So that's <laughs> I'll be, cool, man. I'll that's be happy, cool. I'll be happy. Yeah, Definitely. I uh, I uh, I didn't tour with uh with bands. I I did ballet. And uh, that was insightful. I learned a lot about myself. Right. Um, between the schedule and my responsibilities, and the just if I if I was built for it, because it's there's a lot of things, and uh, people like I said who are listening to this are 
are more probably really familiar with um, the challenges that go along with it. You know, it's a lot of hours. It's a lot of time. Um, and, de- and some of it just depends on the show. If you're on a worldwide tour for, say, the biggest band in the world, right. um, whoever that is right now, I don't know if it's Metallica, I don't know if it's who it is, um, but I don't know if the era of a different city every night, that never appealed to me. That, right. I just, I, I, I used to work in a, in a roadhouse um, when I was in university, because we mm-hmm. had one on campus, and you know, you watch the guys come in and... I was like, I don't know if I really want to be like these guys. I mean, nothing against them. They, they, that's what they love to do, and that was cool. I just, I couldn't see myself as that, as a person. I liked being in, I like going to places, but I liked always having a home base. I always liked being, here I'm at this theater, I'm at this place, and right, I, I, right. I, I grew to like that type of consistency. Um, and as time has gone on, I do travel now, but it's for much more for education or research or right. things like that. Um, the the so if um you had to uh say the what what so what's next for 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 you is it is it um uh, uh more uh more work here is it trying to find that 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 venue to to get to um uh to touring is it you want to attend um, some expos and do some networking. What is it that you what you want? Um, so my next step is I definitely want to translate what I do in Trinidad mm-hmm. internationally. As in, I want to have set clients okay. that I know can fill, fill my calendar. Just okay. as how my calendar is, I know how my calendar works in Trinidad. Okay. You know, and I want to be able to fuse it to what I want to start like that. Okay. Start off just having clients over there. If I'm over there, I work over there. Mm-hmm. If I'm anywhere in the world, I can get a job, mm-hmm. you know. Um, and just, I want to know people. Mm-hmm. I want people to know me from Trinidad. I okay. want people to know that, you know, Trinidad isn't just about the soca or isn't just about music. Mm-hmm. You know, we have other things to offer as well and a Trinidadian will always be a Trinidadian mm-hmm. you know and I want to to do that I want to be able to say you know what I'm going to be in Miami for a month let me see where I can call mm-hmm. you know and roll with them for that month sure you know and yeah I just want to be free huh? okay yeah, I want to. I shouldn't say I want, but I want to experience it. I definitely want to experience it because I've experienced so much other things uh-huh. already. Yeah, you know, I've experienced it, and it's something that I definitely like. It's never worked to me. You know, it's never worked to me. I can do a a classical show tonight mm-hmm. and tomorrow, or the, a few hours after, do a rock show, and I'm perfectly happy. Okay, you know, and. It is never work. It is never work. I've never felt overwhelmed by it, mm-hmm. and luckily, the folks that I have that I work with, mm-hmm. they've always appreciated that side of it for me. You know, I, I'm pretty. I'm because my approach is I'm. I'm always. I want to say calm. Mm-hmm. I'm doing things and I don't try to let anything bother me because. When you're working in a creative space or when you're in the creative zone, mm-hmm. 
every every challenge is just a obstacle to overcome mm-hmm. and as a creative i think it's our jobs to op- like that 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 was like the basis of it there was a problem mm-hmm. we need to fix it what can you present you know so i always look forward to to solving issues and solving problems and everything so yeah i just want to continue doing that i want to continue doing what i do here internationally with my degree excellent yeah uh so speaking of that if uh if people want to find find you how do they find you how do they put they say i need kino in miami i need kino in prague i need kino in taipei taiwan <laughs> right so um I'm, I'm, I don't want to say I'm very active on social media, but I'm, I'm pretty active there. Okay. Right? So, um, Facebook, right? Kino Alvarez. Right? Same thing with Twitter. Okay. Kino Alvarez. Instagram, Kino Alvarez. Um, my company's website is techdesign360. Okay. Right? Dot com. Um, is that, is that the easiest way to get a hold of you through that through your company's website? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It'll probably be the yeah the fastest way to get a hold of me is techdesign three sixty dot com, um, Facebook, Instagram, mm-hmm. Twitter. Okay. And, you know, just drop a message and I respond because ideally my company is me, right? Which is the, which is a good thing, right? You know, um, depending on the size of the show. Right. I'll get other people to work with me. Sure. But generally, it's all me. You know, that's my brand. That's the brand that I want to be able to push. Okay. You know? So that's, so it's T-E-C-H. Design. Design.com. 360. 360.com. So yeah. T-E-C-H. Design. 360.com. Yeah. .com, yeah. Correct. Okay, cool. Um, so before, uh, before we go, um, two things. One is, um, do you have any uh, uh, any wisdom or advice that you'd like to, to give to the students who are out there who are about to make this journey um, that you would uh, like to pass along? I mean, definitely. I would say patience. Mm-hmm. Definitely patience. And never be clouded by your assumptions, mm-hmm. you know? It's because it's a way there. Technical is all about the physics. Mm-hmm. That's, how, that's how I look at it. When you're doing something technical, it's all about the physics behind it. If this is going to work. There's probably one way to accomplish it because that's, it's technical. But design is always a perspective and a point of view. So you're never really wrong in a design, I mean, your choices may be questionable, but once you are able to justify your choices, mm-hmm. then that's your design. You know, and just, just, just remember that, you know, don't be clouded by assumptions, don't feel because someone thinks that a thing that it's wrong, it's just that they probably don't understand your perspective, mm-hmm. you know, and some of the best designers, they are good at bringing other people into their viewer perspective. That is, that is how they do it, you know? And aspire to be like that. Aspire to be so fluid in, and in your movements and in, your, in the way that you approach things. Mm-hmm. 
you know, that is always transparent for everyone. When someone here sees blue, this other person sees blue, you see blue, everybody sees blue, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah, and, and I think that's the best thing. Uh, yeah. And, and my second thing was, uh, uh, a, lot of, a, lot of, a lot of folks tend to throw themselves into their work and that's all their life is and, and things like that. Um, what, how, do you, how do you find balance so that you, so when the time comes when you can take off Kino Alvarez, the designer, and how do you, how do you maintain balance of just, you know, having your time and, and things I like mean, that? I mean, the way I see it is whenever I'm not working, that is my time. Okay. And also, like, on a regular, you will see me hanging out, hanging out by a bar, drinking mm-hmm. some beers, shooting some pool, just being around people that yes they may be work colleagues mm-hmm. but we have so much more history mm-hmm. in common than just work you know you could have a conversation about anything mm-hmm. you know so and it's just you know i realize sometimes you need to surround yourself with people who enjoy what they're doing mm-hmm. you know so that way whether you're working whether you're not working it's always a good time. You know, always, that, is, that is the goal, to have a good time mm-hmm. in life. I mean, my, that is my <laughs> mantra. I, should, I always want to have a good time, you know? So, uh. whenever I'm not working, and thankfully, that the way how the industry is set up mm-hmm. is that, you know, you, you really kind of get busy from like Tuesday, Friday, depending on a, on a decent week, Tuesday to, Tuesday to Sunday, you know? So you have Monday to Wednesday to kind of just relax and take it in, take in life, mm-hmm. get things done if necessary, you know, put some ideas out. And yeah, I mean, ideas never stop flowing. Right. You know, and inspiration is all around you at any point in time. You know, just don't overdo the good times. <laughs> don't overdo. <laughs> yeah. All of a sudden, the good times become Thursday, Friday, Saturday, yeah, Sunday. Yeah. And then you're like, you're hungover for Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. Yeah. Friday. Yeah, definitely. Don't not overdo the not that I speak from any kind of experience with that. Uh, <laughs> but, um, but I want to thank you for your time. No problem. Um, I, I think you're doing great work. I think you you've got uh, definitely a bright, uh, bright future ahead of you. Um, yeah, man, I think it's cool. I think it's cool. I mean, it's, it's good to know that uh, there's ideas happening out there. There's motivation happening out there. Definitely. And that, uh, Definitely. you know, it's, it's all that positive vibe that gets sent out is going to come back. Yeah. I mean, it has to. That is really where it works, you know. Yeah. That's part of the circle. Excellent. Yeah. <laughs> all right, my friend. All right. You take care. Yeah, Richard. Thank you. All right. Hey everyone, thank you for joining us on this latest episode of the podcast. Remember, this podcast is listener supported, so wherever you get it, be sure to subscribe, rate, and review. This podcast can be found on such platforms as iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Anchor, Breaker, Pocket Casts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Radio Public, and Stitcher. If you have questions, comments, or suggestions, we can be reached at archivett24 at yahoo.com. Again, that's A-R-C-H-I-V-E-T-T-24 at yahoo.com. You can also find us on Facebook 
at Archiving Technical Theater History. We appreciate you listening. Talk to you soon.